Now, on this Invest Talk podcast, Steve Peasley listens to your questions. Hi, Steve and Justin. This is Raphael calling from uh, Washington, D.C. Just want to say, love your show, love your program, listening to it a little while, and you've been instrumental in my uh, help for uh, understanding how this market works. I do have a question about a uh, stock called GrowGen, G-R-W-G. And provides unbiased answers. As an entry point, it peaked at $67 a share in February. Fell down to 33 down to 40 So what you see is a fall off from the peak. Invest Talk. Over 32 million downloads and counting. Hi, this is Rudy from Fontana. First of all, I want to thank you guys for all you guys do for opening uh, our eyes on investing. Your participation makes it unique. 888-99-CHART. This podcast is produced by KPP Financial. Steve Peasley, President. KPP Financial. Independent thinking, shared success. And now today's podcast. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to Investor Talk. It is Wednesday, June 30th, 2021. And of course, you know, we're coming up on the 4th of July weekend. 4th of July is Sunday, and Monday's a holiday for most people. Um, and of course, on today's program and podcast, we always operate with the same mission statement that we blurt out at the beginning of the show, and that is independent thinking and shared success. We'll share any success we have with, we do that with our clients, by the way. We buy and sell the same things for ourselves we do for them. So, And we also, when we say independent thinking, we don't buy data. I mean, we don't buy stock ideas or information like that. We buy the data, the raw data, and we, and we massage it ourselves into what we want to see, we have different search engines we apply that we developed. Um, I can't say I developed them by myself. Actually, they were developed with, with me and Jerry Klein, the founder of the company, many, many years ago, two, three decades ago, three decades ago now. So, And we still apply those same kind of search engines. But in today's world, the data is pretty, pretty darn good. I mean, before... Jerry, when he first started looking at charts, he had to he had to figure out his own charts. He had to, to figure out his own moving averages. He had to do the math himself and plot it. So this day and age, man, he'd be shocked probably. Anyways, I'm Steve Peasley, and I encourage you to contact me with your investment and financial questions. And when you do, you get to drive the show in the direction that you want. In fact, you, your call in our interaction with you makes the show interesting. You're the one that makes it interesting, not me. With your questions, you make it interesting. So I really would love for you to call. We're live right now, 4 to 5 Pacific time, Monday through Friday. But if you can't call while we're live, you can always call and leave your question on our voicemail. and We will answer it on the next question. Or we call it the voice bank. Uh, and the number is 888-99-CHART. It's always the same, 888-99-CHART. Okay, so let's go right to the first question. We like to get to those, and here it is. Hi, Steve and Justin. This is Raphael calling from uh, Washington, D.C. Just want to say, love your show, love your program, listening to it a little while, and you've been 
instrumental in my uh, help for uh, understanding how this market works. I do have a question about a stock called GrowGen, G-R-W-G. I currently own some stock, and I'm up 40% in my uh, portfolio. I am interested in buying more, and I just want to get from you what is a good price to look into acquiring more. I am trying to do dollar cost averaging, but uh, I'm just wanting to get an opinion on on what you think about it. And also, do you feel like this is a good company to look into as a cannabis uh, player, you know, getting uh, involved in the cannabis market? I'll look for your question off there. Thank you so much, guys. Okay. uh, Grow Generation Corporation. It's a fairly new company. came out in December 2019 as an IPO. It's a $2.8 billion company. They started making money in 2019. Before that, they were losing money. 2019, they made four cents a share. 2020, 11 cents a share. This year, they're supposed to make 52 cents a share, and next year, 71 cents a share. That's what you like to see for a growth company. You like to see that kind of growth. Sales growth is 173% last quarter, 144 the quarter before that, 153 before that. So it's a very strong growth company with earnings. Now, Engaged in the distribution, the, the symbol is GRWG. It's engaged in the distribution of organic nutrients, soils, hydroponic equipment to commercial and home growers. So it's not just, it's not a cannabis pe- play per se, but that's probably a big part of their business. It's a $48.10 stock. So when you make 71 cents, you're looking at what? 60 PE, 70 PE? Well, Okay, uh, you're buying growth. As long as that growth is the way it is, you, it's, it will still continue to go up. As an entry point, it peaked at $67 a share in February. And then it peaked again in 59 in March. And then it peaked again at 57. In between, it fell. Fell down to 33, down to 40. So what you see is a, a fall off from the peak. Lower highs and lower lows. But now it looks like a low has been set in around $34 a share. Okay? Uh, and that looks like that is the that is a very strong support. Today it's at 48 So if it looks, I think this is a good buy point because it's broken, it's, it's tested that $34 a share and successfully tested it. Now it's moving up again. So I think this is a pretty decent buy point, but the valuations are very high. They deserve high valuations, but you're buying a growth stock, and this growth stock has to keep growing like it is to continue justifying a high price. So uh, if you needed to put more on, don't overload on any one stock ever. But if you wanted to put some on, I think right now is a good buy point. Okay? My focus point today concerns a story Job site Monster.com says 95% of workers are considering changing jobs. One thing they said in the article, that one thing they did not say in the article, was that, that stat, 95% of workers are considering changing jobs, that stat all by itself is inflationary. We have to explain when we get to it. Why is it inflationary? Okay, now that's according to the Labor Department. According, not that is, that's from Monster.com. According to the Labor Department, 4 million people quit their jobs in April all by itself. Quit. 
So we'll talk about what's going on. My trivia question will focus on reasons it is difficult to save for retirement. And I, I have a hard time understanding why people can't save for retirement. You know, I know people say, well, I don't make enough money. Well, most people that's listening to this show, every one of you probably can save for retirement. You just want to spend all your money. You're not controlling your spending. That's the issue. Always has been. But that's going to be the trivia question. Other topics we'll talk about. I want to talk about the ADP jobs report that came out this morning. Um, I want to talk about the IRS backlog. The IRS backlog and processing your 2020 tax returns. And why annuities are growing in popularity. Why is that happening? You know, annuities. So... Those are things we're going to get to, hopefully, before the end of the show. How'd the market do today? Well, it wasn't terrible. Um, it wasn't great either. I mean, I, I'll have to say that. Um, hold on a second. I'm having a little difficulty with software. As You know, it never fails. <laughs> Always. Anyways, the market, the Dow was up 210 points. The S&P was up 5, almost 6. The NASDAQ was down 24. It was a mixed market. It was okay, but it was a mixed market. So, yeah, I think you know. Frankly, I think we're going to see a lot of choppiness before the end of the end of the uh, summer. I think the summer is going to be very choppy, and I think you just got to be aware of it. You know, there's going to be a lot of movement. I don't know. Frankly, I think there's going to be a lot of movement, but not really going anywhere, up or down. I think it, for the summer, I think it would see a lot of sideways movement for some reason. We'll see. You, know, you never know, and I'm just guessing. You know, I'm guessing based on past, my personal past experiences, but it's still a guess. We're headed into a break. Andrew from North Carolina, hang on. You'll be up next. For everybody else, the Invest Talk uh, phone lines are open and waiting for you and all your questions. Please call 888-90-CHART. The stock market is volatile. It's constantly changing. So how are you positioned? Is your portfolio properly balanced? Or are you taking unnecessary risks? You can get guidance anytime for free if you go to investtalk.com and take the brief Riskalyze quiz. 888-99-CHART. Let's go talk to Andrew in North Carolina. Andrew, thank you for calling. Yeah, hey, Steve. I uh, was just calling about a ticker symbol, but I wanted to let you guys know that I really do appreciate the show. Thank you. Thank you. I was calling about Academy Sports and Outdoors. Uh Um, I, I do own it currently. Um, I bought it right around the $22 mark. Well, good um, for you. Actually, like the store a lot and shop there a lot. And they, they had been beating earnings, so that's one of the reasons why I got in. Um, okay. They continue to beat earnings from what I can see. And I guess I, I also have a call that expires October 15th, and that was probably my biggest question today. Um I bought it. It's a $30 call that expires October 15th. I bought it at about $4.80. 
um, and it's ran up to about $12 and 10 cents a share. So it's done well, but I'm just wondering if that's something I should hold on to or maybe go ahead and, and sell or, or keep, go ahead and play the option and keep the $30 shares. I, I think I would sell the option and keep the shares. Let's talk, let's talk about the valuations. Academy Sports and Outdoor operates 259 stores across 16 contiguous states, primarily in the southern United States. Okay, so 259 stores. Okay, uh, Academy Sports and Outdoor. So I want to look at the numbers. It's always made money, and it's going to make $4.63 next year. And I... From 420 this year, and it's a $41 stock, so it's a very low PE ratio. At the same time, it's growing 38, 9% the most recent quarter. Before that, 17 These are sales, growth of sales 39%, 17, 18, 30. So those are pretty high numbers. And a stock is a fairly new IPO, a September. It looks like it came out in September. Get a closer look at that. Um, this, um, yeah, it came out right at the end or the beginning of October, maybe at the end of September. And it was at what, $15 or so and done nothing but really go up at a steady, steady line. And here it is at $41. I like the stock. I think the company has to be doing a lot of right things. I'm not sure what the debt is, but the return on equity is 39%. Cash flow is $5 and 38 cents. It's doing a lot of right things. Um, funds owned about 28%, so there's lots more room for them to buy more if they want, and funds are buying it. So I think I want to hold on to the stock, but maybe lock in the profits on the option. Probably what I would do, but that's up to you. I think I think it will have a pullback because it's just gone up pretty quickly, but I don't think the pullback will be anything to worry about. I think it's a pullback to buy, not to sell. Thanks for the call, Andrew. I appreciate okay. it. Okay, we, have, we, we value voice bank calls, and we also love to get live calls. So let's talk with uh, Will from San Diego. Hello. Hi, Will. Oh, hi, Steve. I'm, uh, I own this stock, uh, Synchrony Financial, uh-huh. and I'm wondering if it's reached the point where I should sell it. Okay, okay, let's take a quick look at it. Um, the chart looks fairly strong still, but it looks like it's hesitated right around $50 or so. It's at 48.52, and that was about a half a month ago. So let's look at the fundamentals, see if there's something that, that can drive it higher. Now, okay. Symphony Financial, it's headquartered out of Stanford, Connecticut, provides private label credit cards through a group of retailers, including Amazon, Walmart, and Lowell's. Um, I'm going to have to take a quick break here. I'm sorry, but when I come back, I'm going to pick up the fundamentals. So if you want to hold on, Andrew, that would be um, that that would be great. Will, I'm sorry. If you'll hold on. I'll be right back. This is Steve Peasley. You're listening to Invest Talk. 888-99-CHART is our number. Hold on. Look at the calendar. Summer is here. The market's been exhibiting volatility, so investors are exposed to vulnerability. Steve Peasley is here now, and he's ready for your finance and investment questions. Call InvestTalk, 888-99-CHART. Will, are you still there? I hope you are. 
Yes, I'm still here. Oh, great. Thank As you for I holding. Indicated, I'm, uh, I own it, and I'm thinking that maybe it's reached full value. Okay, we're looking at Synchrony, Synchrony Financial, everybody. It provides private label credit cards through group of retailers, uh, retailers including Amazon, Walmart, and Lowe's. So it's got some big names there. Um, so if I was to try to pick a fault, and it would be the sales have slowed down in recent quarters, okay? So that would be mm-hmm. the fault of a pick. But their earnings are still very strong, so they're getting more efficient with their earnings. Uh, and the return on equity is pretty good at 14%. They're going to make $5.35 next year after being $5.52 this year. So it's going to be a little bit lower next year. And that's probably why the stock is hesitating right around $50, $51. It's at $48.52 right now. But I think it's got pretty darn, darn strong support, about $44 a share. So I'm thinking that's, what, 10% down? You know, I mean, you've had a good run in, on it already. Uh, so what is $5.35 worth? If you gave it a 10 PE, that's a $53 stock. Now, this stock has had a range PE of 3 to 15, so it's not a high PE stock. And unless they get those sales going, um, I'm, you know, re- turn that around. If they don't turn those sales around and start increasing, you're at probably full value, right around $50. Okay. So I, I don't know. I think I'm, I think I might take some profits here and wait to see how, but I don't know if I'd sell it all. I might cut it in half and see and just see what it will do because it's a pretty good value. Okay. It's a pretty good value. Anyways, okay. Will, thanks for the call. It's a good stock, and congratulations Thank on you. that move. My focus point today concerns the story. Job site Monster.com says 95% of workers are considering changing jobs. So we're going to talk about that. And why do I think that's inflationary? Yeah, I'm telling you, I think it's inflationary. Why would it be inflationary? Well, think about this for a minute. People are willing to quit their jobs. We saw 4 million people quit their jobs in April. We also had a stat that I mentioned last week, like um, uh, 9 million job openings. That's a record high, the number of job openings. Why, why do we have so much when the employment rate's you know, still at 6%? Why is it so high? Why are people feeling confident about quitting their job. And that's really what it's all about, people being confident about quitting their job. And the the reason why they're feeling confident, first of all, one of the reasons why it's so high is they like working from home and employers want them to come back to work and they're kind of resisting that. They want the freedom. They're, They're thinking, well, yeah, we work from home just fine. So people are looking for those jobs that will let them stay at home more. And if employers are trying to require them not to, they don't want those kind of jobs because they think they can get a job anytime they want. They have confidence in finding another job. Isn't that mean that they're probably also going to get higher salaries? Because employers need employees. They're going to go out of their way to try to get the best employees, and therefore they're going to give them higher salaries. Higher salaries, higher inflation. So we know we're seeing inflation on the retail consumer side, buying things, commodity prices. Look at oil. 
Look at oil and gasoline prices. Higher inflation on that side. Now, if this plays out, like I think it might, there's going to be higher wages. That's also inflationary. So you got two two prongs. You know, that's if we, that's all pushing inflation, and therefore, this stat from Monsters.com to me says that there's going to be inflationary pressures going forward from not only products but now salaries. Find that very interesting. Now, can I fit another caller question in before the break? Well, we're going to try. This came in earlier. 888-99-CHART. Hi, this is Rudy from Fontana. First of all, I want to thank you guys for all you guys do for opening uh, our eyes on investing. My question is, what are your thoughts about Ticker Zimmer A, Z, N? And if you you like, what would be a good entry point for a particular stock? Thank you. AstraZeneca, everybody. And of course, you know, they also involved with the with the COVID uh, vaccine. You know, most of these companies are, are breaking even on this vaccine. They're not making money on this vaccine. I know people think that they are. They're not. They're not making money. They're, they're really not. Uh, they, they're, they're doing it at cost. At least that's what they're telling us. And I don't have any reason to disbelieve them. But AstraZeneca actually has a good, uh, a good uh, backlog of very good, a good pipeline of potential great drugs coming through, potentially. Now, many times phase three drugs fail. Don't think that it's phase one, two, and three, and three is the final human trials, all that stuff. Half of them fail or more. So so don't think it's just going to be win, winning, a win. But I think it's a good buy right now as it tries to break out. AZN, AstraZeneca. Okay? Okay, the past 50 years brought wide-ranging changes to medical technology in almost every major area of commerce and human interaction. Yet, save for retirement is still a problem. So I have to go to break. Can you name three or four reasons why it's harder for people to save money for retirement compared to 50 years ago? We'll have the answer after the break. 888-99-CHART. Numbers are elusive. But if it goes to zero, do you lose all your money? They're always changing. Their debt-to-equity ratio is fairly low. Invest Talk listeners know it's all about the numbers. I'm 82. I'm interested in knowing what the recommended withdrawal rate would be. So the questions keep coming. Hi, Steve and Justin. I'm question regarding real estate. Everything counts. I was wondering if you could shed a little bit more light on ExxonMobil. Jason El Segundo, how you doing? Let's go to Robert in San Leandro. He wants an ETF follow-up. Steve Peasley and Justin Klein, thank you for your continued support. I really appreciate your insight and your understanding of the market and financial business. Since it all started, the total number of InvestTalk downloads has now exceeded 32 million. Hi, Steve and Justin. I've been listening to you guys for two years, and I absolutely love your show. InvestTalk.com. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It is official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. 
With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. At this point, I think almost everyone has heard how generative AI promises to bring us to the next industrial revolution. AI is already shaping society with an impact on daily life that echoes the transformative significance of electricity or the internet. As we take steps to embrace the potential of generative AI, we need to remain vigilant with regard to its exploitability. This is where HackerOne comes in. HackerOne's AI Red Team addresses the novel challenges of AI safety and security for businesses that are launching new AI deployments. The HackerOne approach involves targeted offensive testing by harnessing the collective skills of ethical hackers who are proficient in AI and prompt hacking. In short, AI Red Teaming is the practice of stress testing AI models and deployments to make sure they can't be tricked into providing information beyond their intended use, and that security flaws can't be exploited to access confidential data or systems. HackerOne seamlessly integrates with your existing tools to enhance communication and collaboration across development, security, and IT teams. So, stay ahead of the game in the battle against cyber threats with HackerOne's Attack Resistance Platform. Learn more at HackerOne.com. That's H-A-C-K-E-R-O-N-E.com. HackerOne.com. Your objective is to work hard, plan well, and achieve financial freedom, right? You're in luck because Steve Peasley is here now, ready to take your finance and investment questions. Call 888-99-CHART. 888-99-CHART. So before the break, I asked a trivia question. Okay, can you name three or four reasons why... It's harder for many people to save for retirement nowadays compared to 50 years ago. Well, first of all, 50 years ago, pension plans were the thing. You work for a big company, they provided a pension plan for you. In other words, they put the money aside for retirement for you once you put in your time, 30 years or whatever, and you got paid a pension for the rest of your life. Turns out we lived a lot longer than all these pension plans expected, and they didn't put enough money away and, of course, then the laws changed with the advent of 401Ks. So that saved companies. They decided pension plan. We're not putting that money. It's too expensive. And see, the liabilities were just out of, out of reach. Then, okay, so then we have 401Ks back in the, what, 80s? So that was, a, that was a something that came along that means you save for yourself and a company often and sometimes not put help you put money aside, match your your savings with their own or however they want to do it, okay? Now, why can't people save money? Well, one of the reasons is higher debt levels. People, you know, the Federal Reserve says Americans now have about $950 billion on revolving debt. 
Now, if you compare that with 1968, for instance, it was 1.3 billion. Now it's 950 billion. Also, how about the 1.7 trillion dollars in student loans? Two and a half times more than it was just a decade ago. How about health costs that have been rising way more than inflation for what two decades? People are living longer. So, you know, there's there's valid reasons for not saving enough money, but you have to do it. I, I, I don't I don't want to hear the excuses. Stop putting yourself in so much debt. Stop. You don't need all that debt. It's a killer. It it really ties your hands. It really does. It takes away some freedom, your freedom of choice, because you've got debt that you have to pay. So stop incurring so much. The only debt I like people that I don't have a problem with is mortgage debt, because property values, if you buy at the right location, will go up over time. And mortgage debt is really, really inexpensive. I can, I, I, I get it. Fine. But you still should be putting money as away for retirement. This is Invest Talk. Our phone lines are never closed, so people leave their financial investment questions anytime they want, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. So let's grab another question from the 888-99-CHART number. Hi, Stephen Justin. This is Mark calling from Santa Cruz, California. First of all, I just want to tell you guys thank you for everything. I've listened to you guys for a couple of years. I've actually bought Steve's book, and you guys have helped me and many listeners understand more about fundamentals and it helps me actually manage my own portfolio and I I really appreciate it. I have a question. This is in regards to a general question on REITs. I might also say that my wife and I are retired, not in addition to our, our stocks. We also have some rental properties that we are getting burnout on from just chronic problems. And we thought about getting into some REITs, uh, during the pandemic, Uh, just to have a more passive income and kind of move away from rental properties. My question is this. I was looking at several REITs and looking at the basic fundamentals like I would a regular stock, and I was including the PEs and all that, and I was told that I don't need to pay that much attention to the PEs and I should focus more on FFOs or AFFOs. I'm not sure what that is. My question is, would you be able to explain what FFOs are or AFFOs, and what is a good ratio, what is a good number? Is it a higher one better or is a lower one better? And does that vary? Does that vary for different types of REITs, like apartment REITs or industrial REITs? Does the FFOs vary like a PE does in sectors? So if that's something that you'd be able to answer, I'd really appreciate it. Uh, Thank you guys very much. Bye. FFO, and whoever told you that is exactly right. Uh, REIT, Real Estate Investment Trust, okay, that's what it is. And to be a REIT, you have to be in the the property business in some way, shape, or form. You're going to be a financial REIT where you loan money to buildings or people, the mortgages, that kind of thing, or the actual property, own the actual properties, and, and, and you make income. The income derives from REITs because if it, to qualify for a REIT, you have to pay 90% of the earnings out in the form of dividends to the shareholders. If you do qualify for a REIT and do that, then you don't have to pay income tax at the corporate level 
but you at the the, the stockholder level do. But how, when you're looking at FFOs, you have to kind of look at it a little bit differently. Looking at REITs, you have to kind of use look at it differently using fun, uh, funds from operations. That's what FFO stands for, money coming from the operation of the REIT, okay? Um, it makes adjustments for depreciations. Remember, when you get the depreciation, depreciate the properties, you get to write that off. So FFO takes that in consideration. So it's a better way, okay, uh, to look at REITs using the FFO. And so it's a better metric, basically. Most investors look for payout ratios of 40-50% of the typical dividend. We like to be under 60. Well, REITs is 90. Okay, so um, so ratio, how, what is the funds from operation? Number, how much are you going to get paid? What's your dividend? That's why, you know, how much earnings are you going to get from this REIT? And that's why FFO is a more important metric to look at. Okay, uh, so think about that. Uh, you know, th- there's more to it, and I really need to get deeper into it, but I just don't have the time. But it is a good metric for REITs, the FFO, not just earnings per share. Okay? Good question, though. Very good question. And I also got burned out of real estate, and I sold all my real estate like in 2006. That was, I had like a number of, a number of rental properties, and I got burned out of managing them just like you're suggesting. So... Uh, and being diversified is a good thing. You want to diversify in real estate. That's not, I'm not bad mouthing real estate. I'm not. This is Invest Talk. Our phone lines are open, as you know, so people leave their questions all the time. Uh, and we want them to. So please call 888 99 Chart. The ADP Private Employment Jobs Report came out this morning, and it always comes out a few days before the official report, which is coming out on Friday. Their number was 692,000 new jobs. Okay, now that's that was expected to be 550,000. And last month it was 886,000. So it was lower than last month. Okay? Remember, again, the official report is going to come out for Friday. But ATP is a good look at the private sector. The official report, as I have reminded you before, includes private sector and public sector, where the ADP is only looking at private sector. And it's not an official from the government. It's ADP, the company ADP, putting that number out. So I like looking at all those numbers, the working numbers. And, you know, usually ADP is within the ballpark. Okay, usually. So it's a good thing to look at. But, again, it's... Even the official report, they're lagging indicators, lagging economic indicators, not leading. That's really what you should put your effort in is to leading economic Okay, let's keep moving. You can get most out of the podcast by asking questions. So we always want you to ask questions. Don't don't be, hesitate. Don't be afraid to ask them. The whole question is, is like, oh, I don't want to ask that because that sounds like a stupid question. No, there is no stupid questions. There is none. You know, how do you think you're going to get educated unless you ask questions? So ask them, please. Here's a call that came in from Canada, 888-99-CHART. Thank you for all the important information from your podcast. I'd like to learn what my mistake was 
I bought VPU, Victor Paul Ulysses, thinking it's a good fund during market volatility. But it was worse than the market last year. What did I understand? Thank you. Okay, first of all, you may have done everything right and the stocks still go down. Yeah, doesn't you will be more right if you understand why you're buying a stock and looking at the fundamentals and understanding how it works and how the earnings come in. You'll be more right than you're wrong, but you still could be wrong even if you did everything right. Okay, the market is can, can be pretty darn fickle sometimes. So let's look at this one. This is a B2 Gold Corporation, a company out of Canada, Canadian company engaged in gold mining in Nicaragua, Libya, and the Philippines. So that alone tells you you have different political issues that might affect this company, right? What if uh, Nibia decides to nationalize all their mining, all their assets, the gold mining companies? Well, gee, you just got screwed and you did nothing wrong. So you, I'm not saying that happened. I'm just saying that you just never know. That's why, you know, you can't be sure of that. Now, the company is going to make $0.45 cents a share, then $0.47 cents a share next year. Okay, it's always made made fifty cents a share in two thousand twenty, twenty two cents a share in two thousand nineteen. It's a four dollars and twenty one cent stock. It's a very low price stock. But I noticed the sales in the most recent quarter fell five percent, and before that they were growing fifty percent per quarter for the previous six seven quarters. See, so you've done nothing wrong. Something happened to sales falling off. What happened? It could be, it could be just bad management. It could be. Uh, political, it could be, you know, whatever. Now, the stock was as high as about, what, $7 a share? Let me go to a daily top price. Yeah, $7.55 was a top price in uh, uh, 2020, okay, that was in September. And then it's fallen ever since then. Okay, now here it is at $4.21. So it's almost cut in half. Now, there are reasons. I just don't, can't see them right off the bat, other than I see that sales have fallen off in the most recent quarter. And another thing about gold mining companies, everybody, real quick, is that you have to understand how they work. A gold mining company can sell forward its future gold coming out of the ground. So it does. It, they, 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 they do borings in the ground to find out how much gold is actually where Okay, and they base that on that. Okay, so we're going to be able to mine 200 tons of gold eventually out of this mine. And they can take that, those borings and all that statistics and sell that gold today, today, for, uh, you know, $1,000, $2,000, $1,800, $1,500 an ounce. So when a year goes by and now they're pulling that gold out and you're seeing, oh, great numbers coming out. Oh, look at that. They've already sold that gold at a lower price than it is on today's price. Or could it sold it at a higher price than today's price. So you have to look at what is called forward sales of their mining operation. Forward sales. Does the company sell forward or does it not? How much? There's more to understanding what's going on in mining than just looking at the number. It can be difficult. Okay. So. Again, it's 4th of July this weekend, everybody. It's Sunday. That's four days away. I'm having a party at my house. One of my 
One of my sister-in-laws coming back from Brazil. She took care of her parents. She got COVID when she was down there, was in the hospital. Her brother was in the hospital. Her parents are, I mean, and she's been there down a while, and now she's coming back. And so we're going to have a little barbecue at our house, plus it's the 4th of July. That's what we're doing. So <laughs> I always want to try to take a couple of minutes on each podcast to talk about KPP Financial. We operate with a philosophy of independent thinking, share success, meaning... I buy and sell the same things for myself as I do for my clients. I have a number of programs, five of them or so, and I'm in every one of them. And I put my money where my mouth is. And I buy the same percentage, same cost, same price of every individual equity I buy for my clients, for myself. I do. We call it parallel investing. So, uh, you know, I try to give confidence in my clients that, you know, hey, I, I make mistakes. I'm not always right. We're not always right. Justin and I are not always right. But we are right. We are confident in what we're doing because we buy the same thing. Same price. We're on your side because we're on our own side. And all my money is invested in all these programs. So, anyways, we want to help you. We'll take a look at your portfolios free. Well, and, you know, most money managers will do that, by the way. And we'll give you help. Even if you don't become a client, we'll still help you. We, I want to help. I, I like helping people. You know, I'm at a stage in my career where I, I have the freedom to do that. I can take time out and, and help people. So I want to do that. If you want us to take a look, I will. So remember, go to investtalk.com, send us an email, give us a call. We're offices in Irvine, California. That's between L.A. and San Diego. Okay? So appreciate that. Let's go to Owen in Northern, uh, Northern California. He wants to talk about housing stocks. Owen. Yeah, um, I've just been uh, looking at the charts lately and reading articles and stuff, and I keep hearing that the housing stocks have reached their high, and you know, the, in the charts, it looks like they might be moving over, rolling over, whatever you call it. And I was just wondering what you thought about this area, and particularly GRBK, Green Brick Housing, and. Um, yeah, thank, thank you. Sure. Uh, yeah, I think the housing is done, too. I think it's had its big move. I'll try to always remember, Owen, and everybody else, the market always looks forward, right? Always forward. So the housing stocks would have ran up before housing started to improve. Okay, coming out of COVID, they're going to go up before they improve because everybody knows, okay, interest rates are really low and, People are going to get back to work, so housing should be... See, we're always looking forward. Now we're looking forward to now. Now, you have all these stats look great. We're looking forward saying, it's probably done. So, yeah, it's probably done. 888-99-CHARTER is our number. You are listening to Invest Talk. Every Friday on the program and the podcast, Steve Peasley shares highlights from the newest edition of the KPP Premium Newsletter. Listen Fridays to Invest Talk. And now, Steve and Justin welcome your calls and questions. 888 99Chart. Hey, Steve and Justin. That's Jeff from Florida. I just want to say thank you for everything you guys do. Calling today about BTG, that's B2 Gold. I did some research into gold companies and I found a lot of value in this one. I just wanted to get your take. It was between. This, Yamana, AUI, a couple others. Um, I went with this one, but if you could just uh, take a look at the fundamentals, let me know what you think about the overall company. Thank you. 
So this is the same company we talked about just just a little minute ago. My my reasons for the the company is the same. Uh, we just don't know. Uh, it looks like it's a reasonable price. It's going to make forty seven cents next year, and it's a four dollars and twenty one cents stock. But as I said, the most recent sales shrunk five percent, and so I would look at that. Why are the why did the sales shrink from growing fifty percent or more in the previous quarters to now? Shrinking 5% in the most recent quarter. See, I don't like that. What's the, we? You need to find that out. Why? And if there's a reasonable reason, it's something that you can live with, then I think it's a pretty good value. So, BTG. B to Gold Corporation. Okay? So, IRS has a huge backlog. If you haven't got your tax return yet, that's because they have millions Billions of t- tax returns that backlog. And one of the reasons is, or several reasons, I have some out here. There are 35.3 million of them are, have to be manually processed. That's up 230%. Think about what happened last year with COVID and then all, you know, the stimulus payments to everybody and then the earned income tax credit, the child tax credit. All of that is made tax Doing the, your taxes odd. And, of course, that, of course, slows down the, the IRS, which is what it has done. They will get to it. What I what I don't like about the IRS, you file your taxes, right? You file your tax return, you overpaid your taxes, which a lot of people do. You know, uh, then they're really slow about getting your refund back. They don't pay any interest on your money. But if you underpay your taxes which is pretty easy to do when you're self-employed. Not sure what you're going to earn year to year to year. But if you underpay your taxes, you not only may owe interest, but you owe a penalty plus interest on the money that you underpaid by accident. But if they owe you money, eh, nope, you get nothing. You get your money back, maybe. Now, that, that kind of rubs me the wrong way. I don't know how to fix it, people. I'm not saying that we should fix it. It just rubs me the wrong way. Okay, so that's just how I look at that. Okay, we have an email question that came in earlier, so let's go ahead and get to it. Uh, I am 51 years old, married with two kids, entering college. My net worth is $3 million. I got here by doing the following. Education. I have a BS in electrical engineering and did my MBA first years out of school, so he worked for it, people. Spending far less than I made. I always invested in my maximum 401k. That's how he got $3 million. Did that for 25 years, him and his wife. Okay, and he invested everything in the stock market. Sucked it up during 2000 and 2008 and 2019. Those are the big falls in the market. Right? Just suck it up, live through it, and you'll be fine. Market has always been, always has gone higher so far. Always has. Okay. So it's always held 90% in index funds, mostly SPY, the S&P 500. A couple of years ago, anxiety made me sell 10% of the individual stocks I'd held, and now I am 100% in indexes. To move the needle of my portfolio, I need to invest between 30K and 100K into individual companies. Ever read many articles where hedge funds and most often do not beat the SPY? Should I simply ride out my life being happy with my 100% equity indexing? Now, generally, if he was young, I would say, yeah, you could do that. That will work. Okay, that will work. The problem as you get older, 
You want to take less and less risk, and you're looking for income coming from your investments, not just capital appreciation, but income. So you kind of have to change your, skew your outlook as you get closer and closer to retirement, looking for income and taking less risk in the market. Because, you know, what if you have a 2008 event in the last two or three years? And, you know, you're, and you're living, trying to live off that money and you're drawing down as it went down. It, it's pretty impactful. So you got to be careful. Okay? I'm Steve Peasley, and this completes another InvestTalk program. Justin Klein and I thank you for listening, and th- we encourage you. We encourage you to tell your friends and family members about our program and free podcasts. We would appreciate it. You can get the downloads free anytime, iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and also at investtalk.com. And be sure to review and rate us. We would love that. And also, we always like to mention you can browse by topic. You know, 401k, cryptocurrency, treasury yields, whatever, real estate. Anyways, thank you very much for that. Independent thinking and share success. This is InvestTalk. Good night, everybody. Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, it's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them specifically. Nothing said shall be taken to be investment advice, or shall statements on this program be considered an offer to buy or sell securities. Such advice is rendered solely on an individual basis, and at times will require that the investor review a prospectus before investing. InvestTalk is a copyrighted program of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial, a registered investment advisor, which retains all rights. For more information regarding KPP's investment advisors, call 1-800-557-5461.